0: Well, hello and welcome to the Smells Like Money podcast. Join me, Suzanne Chin Taylor, the doo-doo diva, as I interview guests who are making an impact on how we manage and operate systems for conveying and treating wastewater. As a veteran of the wastewater, trenchless, and civil infrastructure industry, each week I'll be bringing you industry know-how from industry pros who know how. Join me each week as I speak with representatives of organizations that are utilizing disruptive or new technologies and methods, and executives who are excited to share how to be successful and sustainable in our vital industry. So whether you want to learn about the latest trends in technology, in treatment or trench lists, gain tips on training and retaining great talent, or simply how to be more efficient, productive, or profitable, this podcast is for you. Ready? Let's dive right in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Doo Doo Diva Smells Like Money podcast. We are visiting again with Nick Spano of Essential Equipment. And Nick and I, um, we're going to kind of stick our necks out here a little bit, and hopefully we don't make any enemies and talk about what some might consider a bit of a controversial subject for our industry. And that is a lot of the changes that we've been seeing in recent years with mergers and acquisitions and large companies. And we're gonna be bringing up a chart a little bit later on screen for reference of larger well-known names or venture capital firms coming in and investing in the wastewater and the trenchless industry. And what that means for us as an industry as a whole And the pros and the cons behind this, because for the most part, most of the companies that have been around for a long time in our industry were privately held. And now they're becoming part of conglomerates, a item on a portfolio and publicly held, which means it has to operate under a different standard, how it's going to look to Wall Street. So with that said, Nick, Um, we've just seen a rapid change. I mean, changes that I would never have imagined, you know, 10, 10 years ago, but it just seems like mergers and acquisitions have really taken off. What's your take on that? I mean, do you, do you see this as this is just the life cycle of our industry or something else really happening here?
1: Wow. Big questions. Uh, (laughs) good afternoon. First off. Yeah. Uh, Good afternoon. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'm certainly no expert on any of this. Um, you know, I've been in the business for about a dozen years and, but I mean, for most of that, I certainly wasn't paying attention to, you know, anything to do with corporate acquisitions, really just learning how to, you know, run a CCTV camera. Um, so for me, this is all, pretty recent and pretty new in terms of researching it and becoming interested in it. Um, I think it is something that's going to affect the industry greatly. Uh, not sure if that's a, it's going to be positive or negative. I suppose that's, that could go either way, right? Depending on right. how these corporations, you know, treat their acquisitions and if they retain their values or if they try to, uh, to change things. Um, and we'll just have that. will That's a. You know, time will tell type issue for sure. But it's still fun to talk about. And it's still interesting.
0: Uh, right, right. From
1: a business perspective.
0: One thing that I saw was a shift of, um, won't name names here, but, and I thought it was kind of in, interesting to watch of <clears throat> regionalized, very strong, very profitable contractors, sewer service contractors, trenches contractors, now becoming part of like a group of contracting companies, and still kind of maintaining a little bit of their original brand, but yet now being part of this bigger corporate umbrella. And I've often, you know, just looking on the sidelines, is like, okay, well, what will that mean to the customers? Is it going to improve customer service, help them with acquisition of more, more equipment? Because now you've got Hopefully, if you've been acquired by another very successful firm, you're going to have an inflow of capital. Or is it going to mean, like you were saying about the corporate culture, I am now going to make you fit my model. I don't really care about your model. And if you don't like it, there's the door. Um, and that's kind of just for anybody who's ever been through. And I know many of us and I'm one of them on a buyout in this industry is that there are some companies that will have that attitude that every employee has an expiration date on their forehead, and then there's that term of depending on their model, let's right quote unquote right size the company. What does that mean exactly? Like I'm all for when you talk about doing a little research on this six sigma lean, and that that doesn't mean that you're going to you know just completely cut the staff in half. No, it's you're going to come in and look. To try to make it more efficient and more productive and maybe make people happier in their job because you're giving them a way to do what they've been doing in a much more streamlined process so jobs are easier but i think the big fear is is it going to be just a great big hacking fest and i and i think i i think back on that movie what was with george clooney um that award-winning movie where he's in charge of going into companies and being the guy to tell everybody, okay, here's your exit packet you've been laid off. I think it was called up in the air. And um, I think that's what it was. I think we all worry about that in the industry, that people who have a lot of knowledge and skill, are they gonna wind up on the chopping block?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a little more optimistic view on it, I think, but I haven't been through it you know, in my mm. career. Um, but I think kind of going back to what we've talked about before, what we talked about on the uh, on, on the LinkedIn uh, infrastructure uh, panel, you know, the transference of knowledge is is still, I think, at the top mm-hmm. of everyone's mind. So I don't know that it would be, you know, some kind of mass layoff, uh, especially considering that a lot of the knowledge has yet to be transferred.
0: Yeah, you you um, would hope that they would recognize that,
1: you know we um, I mean, deal with several companies that kind of fall into this category of of being owned by you know larger corporations mm-hmm. but they're still good people to work with it's oh, still, yeah. same, you know day in and day out it's the same guys that that were doing the work before uh, so maybe it makes their jobs better maybe they get new equipment maybe they get better training mm-hmm. maybe you know if we're trying to be be optimistic about it yeah there could be lots of
0: we want we want to be we want to be yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe higher awareness of safety. Um, if that's, you know, something important to the shareholders of that company, right. I think you think it would be, um, so yeah, I think it's pros and cons for sure. It's, it's interesting to watch if nothing else.
0: Yeah. We've seen some, um, you've got sharing capabilities for those of you who are tuning in on video, go ahead and bring that up. And I guess we can, can read it aloud, Nick. It was just some of the, um, the hierarchy of the companies and who's under whose umbrella and for for if nothing else it's just kind of interesting to see the lumping of it i think probably one of the most interesting ones that took place was when toro famous for the lawnmowers um acquired who was it they acquired they acquired subsite and yeah, rst R- sub-site. R- which which had been rst rst um, when God rest his soul and Rod Sutliff had, had passed on and then, you know, they sold the the family sold its interest and it became a and th- they were grouped in another group with who was it a ditch, Witch,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so now they're all part one. of, of, of Toro. And, you right. know, a lot of us left like, well, gee, if, if I, if I buy that six inch crawler, can I get a free ride, a mower? <laughs> you know, it was just like <laughs> a, a number of us in the industry couldn't understand why, Boro, you know, would be interested in CCTV cameras and, and locators. And so that that brings up the point of, guess what? We are a really good industry to invest in. Because these companies are not stupid. They're not going to put their money into something risky. I think that they see the opportunity within this industry. That yeah, it's only going to grow.
1: You were saying earlier, uh, you know. I think, if I'm not mistaken, so disclaimer: like I'm not, uh, you know, this should all be taken with a grain of salt. Oh None yeah, this me is, too. You know, expertly uh, researched, you know, this is just Googling. Um, just, just throwing that out there. Uh, if I have something incorrect, certainly not, uh, you know, intentional. Okay. But uh, there's an article here, just you know, talking about article here talking about uh toro acquiring charles machine works uh, which i believe that rst was part right. of is that right sound right yes
0: yep yeah. they were all part of that group yeah
1: um which is pretty recent i mean mm-hmm. when this this was really this art 2019
0: it was yeah, yeah i remember it was it was right before COVID.
1: yeah um, so yeah, it is, I think, you know, it does speak to our industry. Like you said, it's a, it's a great industry. Lots of, lots of investors want to be part of this, especially with the, you know, the new infrastructure bill, um, whatever that's going to mean. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think it's exciting. I mean, like I said, it it's is exciting, exciting to watch It's exciting to learn about. Um, I don't know if it's exciting to be part of <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Sometimes when you go through a merger and acquisition, you know, for those who are used to a corporate culture, especially a family owned business, it's it's it can be a huge adjustment. And some people can make the adjustment and others can't. They just simply can't. Um, It's uh, because dynamics, when you when you go from private to public, because you're under a microscope when you're a public company. You know, it's like, you think, oh, great influence, you know, influx of capital, but it does come at a price. It's, you know, there's this, what's that old expression? There's no such thing as a free lunch.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, you are under a microscope and, and, and you have a lot more reporting and a lot more things that you have to be worried about from a legal standpoint, like you were saying safety. And it's just, um, it's like you were saying, it's, it's interesting to watch and you would hope that. When these things happen, because we are a good industry to invest in, that investment is made into making sure there is continued product development, and even more so, what you were saying—safety training and workforce development. You know, we talked earlier about you know new technologies, introducing new technologies, and then also workforce development and NASCO getting involved in. You know, trying to encourage people to come into this industry. And so throughout this process, I think it's going to be important that when these mergers and acquisitions take place, that there be that communication about how vital this industry is. And we have to make working in maybe what is going to be the new face of our industry, an exciting place, a place filled with opportunity. And not just, oh, I'm going to work today because it's a good job and I'm collecting a paycheck. Right. That most people that are in our industry are so passionate and we mean to make sure that that passion doesn't get snuffed out because of having to conform to, I don't know. I know I'm getting a little controversial here, but that, that they don't try to force people. What is that? Um, the square peg into the round hole, right? And 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 lose talent in the process, really valuable talent.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure they know going in that they're not going to, you know, retain all of the employees, right? Even if they want to, um, but again, they have you know massive resources, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's the other thing is that they have the massive resource resources to to hire and to expand, and the benefits the benefits can actually be fantastic when you're part of a really big corporate conglomerate just because of their their buying power. So, it's not something to a buyout is not something to be scared of in right. all cases.
1: Right, exactly. And um, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, uh, that's something that was like you sounds like uh we're interested in that from you know, you mentioned like lean and six sigma and those type of processes and you know, if you've got a corporate safety culture that works you know you don't need to necessarily uh retain the one that you you got with your new company uh that you bought and maybe there's something to be said for that
0: yeah it's Um, just um i i just i just found it when you brought up that chart that a few of these i was aware of and it's like oh i didn't know they were part of that group and so that opens up well to be aware of these groups that are forming that Maybe there's a way, you know, to me, it almost seems like a built-in referral network because they're serving and providing different things that are still, they're all going after the same customer base, but with different things and different services and different solutions that it stands to reason that, wow, there's an opportunity there for these different business units to maybe help each other and not be, you know, I'm here, you're there, us, us, them, that being a, a tap, a, 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 a bucket for the industry to tap.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we kind of, I think we talked about cues and peer point and radio detection last time. Yes. The umbrella of SPX. And I mean, to me, that seems like an advantage for them. Um, it's definitely all products that companies in our industry need.
0: Right and cross selling yeah, because you've got two different styles of things. So if somebody d- doesn't like one thing, they can say, "Oh well, I could get that too."
1: Right. Start sharing. I'm sure they share their technology, share their innovations. How can you know this particular feature of you know accused product benefit a certain peer point product? I mean, am right. making all stuff, but it, I mean, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat>
0: Any other comments on this, you know, feel like as, as you were watching it, what have been your most interesting observations in in this of just, you know, you, you were interested. I, I would like to know what made it fascinating for you to watch the m as
1: Well, I guess I didn't realize how prevalent it was. So as I did a little bit of research, it just kept coming. You kept finding examples of you know, all of these, and again, it's not a good or bad thing. It, right. it is interesting. Um, and it's not something I was really ever aware of. I mean, it didn't make a difference. You know, when we used to use certain kind of cameras, that's what we used. It didn't matter to us um, who owned the company. Um, but yeah, I just find it interesting from being a business owner now myself. Uh, it's interesting to, I guess, think about all the possibilities and, and think about how these you know, all of our industry, we know it's small, but now it seems even smaller. When you start thinking that these different companies are now not the same company, but part of the same group, mm-hmm. um, whether it's manufacturers, whether it's contractors, um, it just makes the world seem a little bit smaller, I guess, uh, which I find interesting. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is it's a small yeah, it, you're, you're right. It's a small world. And does it mean, though, that we're going to have fewer choices because it'll be just a few big companies controlling the bulk of what we need to access? And it's kind of like, well, I don't like, you know, I, I don't want to go negative here, but let's just say someone says, well, I really don't like the way they do business, or I, you know, I I don't like this, or I don't like that but I really love this product and it kind of forces the hand of, well, if you want it, you're going to have to deal with that. Do you think it's going to, do you think it's going to limit, limit the choice of the, of the buyer, you know, the consumer?
1: Sure. I mean, can we draw parallels from other industries?
0: Yeah. yeah. We're the
1: bulk of our shopping now. I mean, Amazon, Walmart, we don't even have, we don't have Kmart anymore. It was effectively a, you know, basically the same thing as yeah. as Walmart. Kmart's gone. Um, we we kind of see that in so many other areas of our life. I guess it's not surprising it's going to happen in the underground infrastructure business as well.
0: That's a good. That's a really good
1: analogy. So somebody who, I mean, I just had Amazon boxes dropped off at my door a few minutes ago. So you know, for me, wow, how convenient! That was great.
0: Yes, I would agree. Yeah, But
1: I, agree. I mean, I think they're about to have a big strike with their, their workers who are about to go on strike. So maybe not everyone thinks that Amazon is so great. I don't know. Um, so I'm sure you're going to have all of those same heartaches with our industry.
0: Yeah, and the if growing pains down, with it, yeah.
1: You know, if, if, if all these contractors come together as, as one, you know, Walmart of sewer inspection, might bring the cost down for many municipalities mm-hmm. that might be struggling with budgets. So they might think it's yeah. great. Um, but maybe there's also drawbacks. Like you said, I mean, there's we'll, pros yeah. and
0: cons in every, in every change. And it's, um, I remember years ago I was introduced to a book. If you don't, if you're not aware of it, it's called who moved my cheese hmm. and it's just a great, you know, it's maybe a 20 minute read, but how we all deal with change yeah and yeah and and i think that's the way we had kind of have to look at it and, and adopt kind of a, a wait and see we're saying wait and see and hope for the best um i haven't i haven't seen any real negative fallout from it or you know any rumblings or anything that i have heard i just found it you know i wanted to have the conversation with you as a like, do you find it a little odd that you know certain companies are wanting to, that are completely unrelated to what we do, are all of a sudden interested in getting involved?
1: Yeah, you know? I don't, I don't, yeah. To me, it's not super surprising, and and like you said, I, I don't think anything really super negative has happened that I'm aware of. I mean, no,
0: me either. I, mean, I just I just found it like you know I wanted to discuss the topic Does anybody else find it interesting that companies that are totally unrelated are wanting to come into this field, a field that most people, uh, you know, kind of identify with, I don't want to say it, but a bit of a yuck factor.
1: Yeah, that's
0: exactly what what I'd call a clean, you know, white collar industry, you know, selling, selling a thing that you can pick up at your local, you know, Walmart or on Amazon online that this is really, you know, hands-on, in some cases, dirty work.
1: I think the whole corporate buyout thing, I think that's just a cultural thing. It just has some stink on it just from a, I think everybody identifies with the little guy, everybody,
0: especially in our industry, because there's so many little guys.
1: Yeah. So I think it just has this automatic kind of stank on it. Um, but what it actually, you know, results in well then
0: let's discuss that maybe you know for those who are listening that maybe are from some of these bigger companies since that is a perception that's in the market of oh god my favorite little mom and pop got bought out what's that going to mean for me what can these companies do to i guess eliminate or ease the fear of the industry that I'm not gonna get what I've been used to having and that I need and I rely on, that what do they need to do as they're acquiring and coming in to take a look to make sure that these little guys that have relied on this company they just acquired don't go away because as you know, in this industry, it's a finite number of customers and it costs you five times as much to get a new customer as it does to retain a happy existing customer who's going to recommend you to all of his friends. So what are the things that they have to absolutely make sure that they maintain for our industry in order to be profitable? I mean, they bought a company because it was profitable. They don't buy a loser or invest in a loser. They buy a company because it's making money. And then a lot of times they come in they and then they get rid of all the things that made that company successful. And you have to shake your head and go, hey, okay, you bought it because it was successful. And then you eliminated everything that made it a great company. And you expect it to still be successful. Like, okay, how's that work? <laughs> so anyway, um, I've, I've just seen it happen a few times. Um, so what should they do? What should if, they think about?
1: If, I don't know. Maybe we can get somebody on the next uh, episode of the next roundtable. That, that works for one of these companies, they could give us a perspective. That
0: is a really of, good... Of oh, we experience. hadn't really mentioned that. For those of us who are listening, Nick and I are part of a great group that was headed up by Chad... I'm going to mispronounce his name, Smeltzer, and it, from Bidcurement. And uh, it's the Sewer Infrastructure Roundtable. And it's a live event that's going to be taking place monthly. And we've been promoting it on LinkedIn. And the last discussion was White lively that was discussing um, new technologies. We,
1: we talked about uh, this very thing. Um, a bit new technologies
0: well. and how do we get municipalities to accept new technologies and new companies, which also could be a problem when it's a new acquisition because now you're under a new name. And so it's, again, getting over that change, getting over that hurdle and what needs to be done. So just we digressed, but um, what, what would be some of your suggestions? You know, here, you're an equipment dealer. Um, You rely on a certain manufacturer to do business with you a certain way and they get acquired. What should they be thinking about as they want to maybe continue keeping you as a dealer? What do they need to make sure that they really take a careful look at and keep in place? Obviously they want to make changes for their model, but what do they need to be sensitive to? God,
1: no, boy, I don't even know where to start with that. I'm I'm so fortunate. Uh, all the companies that I deal with are all, I mean, basically family owned, uh, which I view as a real blessing. I mean, maybe it could be better if if <laughs> they were owned by a big corporation. Um, I don't, so I don't know any other way. Um, but but RapidVue and and Eibach and GapVax, I mean, it, it's just so. It's so easy to work with them. You know what I mean? It's it's just a core group of people. You know their names. You've been to their facilities. You know how their, their company works and operates. And you know the people in the shipping department and the parts department. And that, there's a lot of value to that uh, for me as a dealer. It's not just, you know, some email address. It's It's Jim. I know that I can call Jim.
0: And there it is. There it is. It's the people.
1: Yeah, it the is.
0: greatest asset is the people.
1: And so I think I mean as long as a as a you know NYSE company realizes that and and, and maintains just like you said maintains what makes it special, then what is it? It doesn't matter really. Um,
0: and we're a cottage industry in a way. It's it's very specialized. There's you know it's it's not an It's not like we're selling screwdrivers at every hardware store. It's specialized equipment for very specialized technicians and operators. And there's only so many of them in the world. It's not like the next customer is on the next corner easily found or easily won.
1: And I guess that would be the outside concern is if a company comes in, purchases up whomever, um, does anyone in their company understand anything about our business? Yeah. And, and for sure that's, you know, maybe they've already acquired a half dozen other sewer contractors. So they do have plenty of people that know exactly how to operate a sewer services company. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's just something to, to ponder, I guess. I, like I said, would love to have anyone, you know, I hope that's okay, Chad. (laughs) I'd love to have anybody, you know, weigh in at the next round table that. That would be,
0: that would be good because I I think you're right. You're, you're right. There is that um, it is about the people and it is about the, and their, and their knowledge that if you don't, you know, you're, you're acquiring a company because you think it's a great investment, but you really know nothing about how that industry operates. And you may have bought up five other very successful companies and helped them. But our industry, and as you know this, it's extremely unique. And the marketing and sales model within this industry is unlike anything else that you might, you know, work in. It's not your typical B2B business model or B2C. And I think that's what they need to be made aware of is that, what you've used successfully in other types of businesses may not work as well as you think in a very unique niche market like ours and how business is done and you know the channels and that you know a lot of big you know wall street they they look at it from your 30 your 60 your 90 day projection And looking at those numbers only in that very, very, very small window. And they forget that a lot of times with municipal sales, we can't look at things in a 90-day window. We're talking to that person now, but we may not close that deal for 18 months. And so that, that can often be a real sticking point where you feel that pressure to perform for the stock market instead of performing under the way that our industry actually does business on the timelines. And I think a lot of these big companies, they don't understand these the challenges of our long timelines. It is a long
1: sales cycle. I can imagine uh, like a corporate accountant looking at something like, hold on, you drove this vacuum truck to West Texas uh, to show um, a customer you spent $1,000 on fuel, um, 27 labor hours to go there and back and to do the demonstration and what happened? Nothing? There's no revenue associated uh, with all of these expenses? There you go. Yeah. Oh, you're telling me that they're going to buy a truck uh, next October. Oh, I mean, you know, if you didn't understand uh, that... And they would, don't. And
0: they they, they, do, they wild, don't. They don't. Right? <laughs> Yeah, it's it and, and it's an education process. That was one of the first things when I got into this industry back in 98 in doing, you know, in marketing and looking at okay, when do you expect that that lead that you just generated to actually turn into something where you could quantify and say, "Hey, that campaign I ran resulted in this much of sales. Was it successful?" That not being able to get your metrics back sometimes almost 2 years out.
1: Sure. Yeah. That, we, that yeah. presents
0: a real challenge for a marketing person because it, you're kind of working blind. Did the campaign work or not?
1: Yeah. We, we do did we a, keep
0: doing more of it or do we pivot and shift? Because we have to wait so long to know did it really work or not?
1: Right. So, I mean, we yeah. did an old school mail out. Like we mailed postcards to yeah. hundreds of customers. And you know, the next week we got one call. The next week we got another call, but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's what did it work? Is that card still sitting on their desk? So in six months, when they go to replace their push camera, do they already know they're going to call me, but I have no idea uh, that they're going to call it's yeah, it's uh, it's difficult.
0: I'm glad we brought this subject up and kind of segued into this. Cause I think that is something that. Any company looking to invest and acquire needs to be made aware of the reality of what happens on the ground with sales.
1: Yes. I mean, it's like glorified door-to-door selling to some degree. Yes. A lot of it's still extremely manual, walking indoors, asking for public work directors or wastewater supervisors.
0: Building relationships.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And and that's you know it's 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 a struggle for all of us new companies old companies I mean is, Yeah,
0: this 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 is not an industry for people who lack patience. Yes. And tenacity. I mean you have to really be patient and tenacious and you know keep keep in contact, keep building the relationship without being annoying you know but to to stay in the game
1: right you know it's it's, a-
0: it's almost like slow and steady what is that? like not like the rabbit the, the tortoise and the hare slow and steady wins the race yeah that you can't you can't quit too soon in this industry you know what is it it takes it could take up to 10 touch points before someone may actually say yes yeah. it's not like other things where someone's going to give you you know three no's and then finally on the fourth time they'll give you a yes yeah, exactly. we're, we're very, very unique that way. But yeah, well, thank you, Nick, for, you know, at least being willing to have this dialogue. It's been something I've been pondering and wondering how kind of people felt about it. And do they see the same things that I do? And hopefully we haven't gotten any haters here. You know, we're not we're not here to, you know, stir up the pot. It's just some observations. And uh, no, you know, i nice am be people. curious to know what 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 people think about it. You know, what have been their experiences with all these changes that we're seeing in the industry? Has it benefited you has it made things more challenging has it made things more exciting has it made things more efficient you know it'd be really cool to um know you know to get some feedback you know maybe in the comments um of uh, what's been experience as we see our our industry kind of uh, change face and get some new names yeah Mm -hmm. i agree
1: and i i think it's important just to try to also identify positives of any situation yep i think in the social media age i think the knee jerk is to talk about what's negative yes Um, but for sure if we think about it life is is better than it ever has been in the history of the world for for almost everyone in the world so i don't know i think it's important to try to identify some positive things even if they're not always the most obvious uh, in these situations
0: well, thank you for that. And yeah, I love the idea. We'll we'll have to take that up and maybe it'll be on a on a sewer infrastructure roundtable. We'll talk about this a little bit more. But thank you for those of you who tuned in today for this conversation with Nick. If you're interested in connecting with Nick, he is on LinkedIn. That's Nick Spano, S P A N O. His website is Essentialequipment.com.com. Yeah. And he is located in where in Texas?
1: Uh, Just north of Houston. Just Uh, north of Houston. Conroe, Texas, kind of spring. Uh, The addresses are weird around there, but we just call it Houston.
0: Right. So if you're in the market for CCTV or sewer pipe cleaning equipment, um, you might want to look Nick up and uh, strike up a conversation and see how he might be able to help you. So until next time, thank you again for joining us and keep it flowing. Thanks so much for joining me, the doo doo diva, on this week's episode of Smells Like Money. What stood out to you this week? Share your takeaways by leaving me a review. You can find out more about the new technologies, creating sustainable solutions and insights on how to succeed in our vital industry by subscribing to the show. Whether you want to learn about the latest trends in wastewater infrastructure, treatment, or trench lists, You've got it all right here at Smells Like Money. If you're an industry expert and would like to be considered as a guest for the show, book a quick chat with me by visiting calendly.com forward slash the Tuit Group forward slash b-a-podcast-guest, or simply click the link in the show notes below. Until next week. A big shout out to all my industry friends and those who will be. You are my superheroes. Thanks for tuning in, keeping it flowing, and we'll see you all next week.